Welcome to the sermon podcast of Redemption Church. The following sermon is by Associate Pastor Ian Mulraney. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're doing things a little bit out of order in this book, but that's okay because it's mainly a book of philosophy, and so you can kind of take the ideas. Uh, you don't really need to do them in any sort of chronological order, which is kind of works when we're talking about the theme of this passage, which this chapter is mainly about the concept of time. Time and its seasons and its passing and how our hearts are geared towards understanding time. And so one of the things with time, well, I just personally love stories about time travel. I don't know, like that's like a trope. My favorite Christmas stories are like, Christmas Carol-esque, where like, you travel through time. Back to the Future is my favorite movie trilogy. And if you've talked to me this year, you probably learned that I've been watching a lot of the TV show Doctor Who. Anyone that familiar with it or weird British man who travels through time in a telephone box, if you haven't seen it, but yeah. Um, Doctor Who, traveling through time. And I, I just love the idea of like, Thinking about how does time work and like if you could travel through time, what would you do? And there's so many places I would want to go see. Like I'd want to go see the Wild West or like the Civil War era. I have studied medieval history, so I'd want to go to Europe and see some of the knights and things like that. Or to the Middle East during the Crusades, meet Saladin and um, some of these wise generals. Uh, you know, or even just to the future. It'd be cool to go to the next year and find out who's going to be president and if I should move to Canada or not. So, like, time. <laughs> and one of the things with Doctor Who, though, like, they do that kind of stuff where they go to, like, visit pirates or to medieval times or, you know, to cavemen times. But some of the more interesting episodes are when, like, the doctor takes his friends and he visits times, like, their own personal timeline seeing what's going on in their life at different points, like when they were children and things like that. And I think that would be neat too. I have like certain places where I think I would stop on my own timeline. I'd love to go back and just kind of, for nostalgia reasons, revisit my first year in ministry when I was working as a campus minister at Widener and seeing some friends that are like old faces now as I was first getting to know them and just kind of reliving that experience. I would love to personally go back to when I was in elementary school um, between the ages of first and fourth grade and watch young Ian to try and understand what all my teachers during that time period meant when they said I was the Kramer of the classroom. So um, just try and really observe and understand that. I'd also like, want to go and visit some of my friends who took their own lives and try and tell them that like things do get better. Where would you go if you had a time machine? What would you do? And as you think about time and its concept, this chapter, the teacher talks about time, and that word is used a lot. But the thing about time is, time is really about life. Maybe they're one and the same, and that's what ultimately is being talked about here. One of the things that we understand about time as it passes and as it goes on is as we watch babies grow old 
fade away and we watch trees in their season change their leaves and vegetables each year grow in the garden and then get harvested is that this is our theme for the morning that nothing lasts forever except for God you can click that Kyle and so that's our that's our lesson that's Ecclesiastes as we've talked about is kind of a more down book it, it sobers you up a little bit and that's the point of this passage is that nothing lasts forever except for God. This point is illustrated very well in the first eight verses of this chapter. And so if you have a Bible, you can open that up to chapter three because I forgot to put them up here. But I'll read them again just so you can be reminded. Or if you know that song, Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds, you can just remember the lyrics because that's been in my head all week. But there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. Did you gather your stones this morning? A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. I swear it's not too late, as the birds would say. The teacher writes these opposing positive and negative aspects of life. You know, building and tearing down, weeping and laughing, tearing and mending, these opposites, positive and negative, and he uses them to point to a simple truth. And that truth is this. Sometimes life is easy and happy and fun, and sometimes life is going to be miserable and difficult. I know that all of us who have lived long enough know this to be true. You're going to go through different seasons in your days where sometimes one of these is true and sometimes the other is true. I found a great quote in the last few weeks that kind of uh, encapsulates this. Um, this is by Alice Camille, an author, and she just says, writing about this chapter, Life is a pendulum, ceaselessly rocking. Life can go either way, and in fact will go both ways before it is over. Each of us will be happy and sad, strong and sick, winners and losers before we are through. We'll celebrate and endure, no grand days and terrifying ones. We will be glad to be alive and wish that we hadn't been born. Does that sound true to you? Have you had days on both sides of that spectrum? You know, there are seasons of busy work and toil and boredom, and then there are seasons of reaping and plenty and joy. There are seasons where we cry every day from sadness, and there are seasons where we weep tears of happiness and gladness. And so, what the teacher's trying to remind us with this idea that nothing lasts forever apart from God. None of these seasons last forever. 
is to just don't think that whatever season you're in is eternity, because it's not. For me, a great example of this is high school. I don't know how many of you guys can relate to this, but when I was in high school, I thought high school was my entire world. I thought all the people that I saw in high school that were in my class, my teachers, everything, were like what the most important things and what mattered, and that if I got a C plus in geometry, it devastated my world because it meant that I wasn't going to be able to go where I wanted to go and, and the drama with who was dating who or what was going on and now I see people from my high school more than 10 years later and sometimes I don't even remember their names like I'll bump into them in the grocery store and be like why do you look familiar when we're in certain seasons it can feel like it, they're the most important things and that they're all that matters But if we have the patience to allow the earth to keep spinning, we see where they really fit in their context, how important they actually are. And so this is good news, but it's also sobering news. It's good news because if you are going through rough times right now, good news, it gets better. This season isn't going to last forever. If you're in a season of mourning or grieving or work is really hard or there's health crises or things are just bitter and sad, it might be years, but it's not forever. And that's good news. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. But it's sobering news, too, because if you are in that good season, if you wake up every morning and life is a joy, if you love the work you're doing, if you're having great times with your family and everybody's together that you love and life is full of peace and wonder, it's going to end. That time is not forever. And so the teacher wants us to just be sober-minded. If you're in that dour season, like, like my friends who took their own lives I wish they could understand that, you know, because I've been in that place too where I wanted to harm myself, but as I've lived, that depression passes and things move on. Just that there's a hope that things get better. And if you're in that good season, don't get pessimistic or down or be depressed. Just enjoy the good things even more because you know they are temporary. Just know that the kids are only going to be this age for a certain amount of time. Just know that you're only going to have this work for a certain period. And so enjoy it. Like that can be good news too, to enjoy your life. But when we are in those seasons where things are not turning the ways we want them to, the encouragement for those of us who walk with God, who follow the teachings of Christ, who know the Lord, is that Jesus can give us the hope that we need to get through those seasons. Um, I think of it like this, yeah. (laughs) I used this metaphor on Amanda, and she was like, I have no clue what you're talking about. So hopefully it makes sense to you guys, and if not, maybe it's just an Ian Kramer thing. But 
Have any of you guys ever taken, like, when you're in the pool or at the beach or something, taken, like, a raft or an inner tube and, like, tried to swim to the bottom of the pool and see, like, how far you can drag it down or, like, see if you could stand on it or, like, get it to be totally submerged? Okay, thank you. Amanda was like, what the heck? But, like, okay. So she's the weird one, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, like, just trying to submerge... A flotation device, which purpose is to float, just seeing how far you can like keep it under, like see if you can keep it submerged. I used to do that a lot. Um, and the one thing I learned from doing that a lot is like it's really hard um, and oftentimes impossible. If you're trying to bring like an inner tube to the bottom of the pool, it usually doesn't work unless the tube pops. It will usually 99,000 out of 100,000 times win. And bring you back. I don't know. I'm like trying to do the math now. I got a C plus in geometry, so I'm not great at math. Um, but most of the time, that tube is going to bring you back up. And I feel like that's what being a Christian can be like if you are, if you have studied the teachings of Christ, if you're walking with God, if you're praying. When you're in those seasons that make you want to quit, that make you want to turn away, like no matter how much you try to go to the bottom, it's going to bring you back up. I had a really terrible week this week. This was top three worst weeks of my life. And I had a lot of moments this week where I was like, I just want to shut myself off from the world and not talk to anybody again. I had feelings of like, oh, I'm going to get revenge on people that have harmed me. I had like just really negative, uh, negative energy, negative thoughts. And the thing that I kept finding was this to be true. It felt like I was trying to swim to the bottom of the pool. And like every time I thought like, I'm gonna get such good revenge on people who have harmed me, that life preserver buoyed me up and it was like, no, you're supposed to pray for those who have persecuted you. You're supposed to love your enemies. And it's like, ah, all right. Every time I wanted to give up on hope and just be like, I wanna quit and just leave everything behind the light of Christ just reminded me like there is hope and there's love and there's grace and that we're not called to turn our backs on the world because Christ entered into the world. He didn't abandon it. And so that's my encouragement and hope that you can find that to be true too, that like whenever you're in a rough season, let Christ and his teachings, you can just let go because that tube will just lift you up anyway um, if you're sinking. Um, so that's like one of the cool positive things about being a Christian is that it doesn't let us just sink in the muck and the mire. So don't despair. Hold the truth. These times don't last forever. The teacher is very good at reminding us that. And in, enjoy and appreciate the here and now. Whatever season you're in, there, there's a humility in just saying thank you to God. Um, and especially if those are seasons where you actually are enjoying it. So thank God, but remember, nothing lasts forever. Even life doesn't last forever, right? That's like one of the curses of being human beings, is we know that our earthly existences aren't going to be forever. Um, like, little kids understand this watching Disney movies and seeing Bambi's mom get shot, right? Like, there's this understanding that death is coming for us all. Um, 
death or Jesus coming back. But either way, this life as we know it is not going to be, we're going to have to exit it one day. And so there's a sadness in this because as this passage says, uh, this is verse 11. God has set eternity in the human heart. Hit that slide, Kyle, please. Thanks, yeah. He has also set eternity in the human heart. We're not going to live forever, but there's a part of us that wishes we could. There's a part of us that chooses to ignore the fact that we're going to die and goes on day by day living and acting as if, like, that's a false statement. That's why we get so surprised when celebrities we love pass away or coworkers or things like that. That's why we try to eat healthy and we don't smoke and we exercise because there's a part of us that just is wants to believe that if we do everything the right way, like maybe I can just continue on into eternity or for as long as I can, but nothing is promised. Nothing lasts forever, and we don't know how many days that we have. We're temporary beings with eternal ambitions. And if we believe the Bible, if we believe the Genesis narrative, it's maybe because we weren't supposed to die. Death was introduced to us as a curse is not part of what our nature is supposed to be about. And that's why every movie or TV show or whatever, we like a lot of times the villains are the ones trying to live forever. Voldemort makes his horcruxes. Dr. Doom has all his schemes. It's not natural and we want to fight against it. But part of being human is that we die. Nothing lasts forever. Not just part of being human, part of being alive means that we die. That's how this passage ends. Chapter 3 talks about humans and animals. Surely the fate of human beings is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. People die and animals die. We don't really care, I think, when like we squash an ant, but... When your dog dies, that has emotional impact on people. People have pet cemeteries. If I can be honest, quoting what the Bible says, quoting what the teacher says, here's the honest truth. In faith, we have the hope of heaven and resurrection. Just like Abraham was promised it on faith. But also, nobody has been up to heaven to where God is. And so, as far as what you can observe with your human eyes, our fate is the same of the animals. Both get buried in the ground at the end of the day. That's what Ecclesiastes says. All go to the same place, all come from dust, and to dust return. Who knows, actually, if the human spirit rises upwards and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth. Nobody has actually seen or observed that. And so when we're just dealing with the physical and we're just dealing with the here and now, those are depressing thoughts, I think, to 
just kind of understand that our, do we have anything more than the deers in the forest, than the possums that get run over in Bristol? We're temporal beings with eternal ambitions. And that can depress us sometimes. And I don't want to take away from that, but I think part of my duty as a minister is also to remind us of what this truth is, that nothing lasts forever except for God. And in this passage, which does say, who knows if the human spirit arises and ascends or goes down to the ground with the animals, it also says that nobody can take away from any of the work that God does. And what's God's greatest work? What does he call very good? You and I. And what did Christ come to do? To love, to serve, to save us, to resurrect so that way we can have that hope of eternal life. God wants to be with us. And that's good news. God wants to be with us in the seasons of doubt and despair, in the seasons of comfort and peace and joy. Christ is with us. And he sees all, he knows all. Ecclesiastes 3 says he's going to judge all. He's going to judge the wicked and the righteous. There's a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. And so I guess that's good news or bad news, depending on where you identify or where you find yourself. But the invitation is there. Like if you are wicked, his love covers over the messy things. Nothing lasts forever, not even our wicked deeds and God's grace can cover it all. And if you're righteous, you're only that way because God taught you how to be. So give him glory in that too. And so as we kind of wrap up today, I just want us to remember that like life is going to have beginnings and endings. It's going to have periods where you're just feel like you're living the best moments ever. And then you're gonna have days where those just seem long ago and forgotten. Remember that things are going to end and that's okay. Because God doesn't. And he's going to one day bring us all to him. In God's kingdom, every ending is a new beginning. And so thank God for the times that you have and look, cling to him in the times when it's hard and just praise him in all that he gives you. To find out more about Redemption Church, visit redemptionbristol.org.